So as Pastor Doug introduced me, and as many of you know, my name is Mike Spots. Um, and I am here today before you because um, for the past two years or so, I've been at Clark Summit University studying pastoral ministries. And for the past two semesters, I've been uh, taking courses on preaching. Uh, this past semester, one of the assignments uh, for this course was to preach in my home church. So I'm thankful to have all of you here to experience my first time speaking in a crowd, publicly, <laughs> in which I am terrified. But luckily, as Pastor Doug pointed out, we have this nice pulpit here where you will not be able to see my legs shaking. <laughs> and I will not fall over. But more so, I am here um, with a message from God's word. <clears throat> I want to clarify that I'm not a pastor, and I don't consider myself on the maturity level of a pastor. Um, I'm just a fellow member of the body of Christ here to challenge and encourage you towards uh, living a life that would reflect the values, principles, and truths of the Bible. <clears throat> Today I'll be taking you through Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. So you can turn there while I speak if you'd like. I want to walk you through the purpose of the parable of the Good Samaritan and show you how we can apply that purpose and principle to our lives today. And if you leave with anything today, I want you to know this. I want this to be seared into your mind by the end of this message, that if you want to please God, then you need to be willing to love anyone in any way and at any time. Uh, sometimes I don't measure up to this. Um, with coming to college and um, meeting new forms of employment, I, I've noticed something that I struggle to, to love everybody. You know, uh, I'm a Christian and I have a desire to live each day to closely as God's will as possible. You know, I want to love God. And by extension, I want to love his people. But sometimes I get in the way of myself. Um, I want to love God and the people he's created, but sometimes I don't like the people he's created. <laughs> sometimes I struggle to love those people that God wants me to love. An example of this is, is meeting new forms of employment and going to school, uh, having new managers and, and having uh, people of authority in college. Uh, I've noticed that sometimes I set unrealistic expectations for these people. You know, I think, you know, you're my manager, you, you have it together, you should know what you're doing, um, almost be perfect. Uh, for the people at college, I'm thinking, going in, really, I was thinking in freshman year, you know, these are people who are seasoned Christians, they're, they're mature, you know, they really should have it together. But what I forget is sometimes is that they're just human. You know, they have limited patience like me. Um, sometimes when I, one of the things that bothers me is, you know, if there's a problem, sometimes people don't fix it one-on-one. -on -one. You know, that causes a little bit of bitterness in me, and I let this bitterness sit. Um, you know, I love God, and I love his people, but I let this bitterness get between me and his people. I get annoyed. I'm, my heart isn't eager or willing to love them. And this 
continues until finally when I'm faced with an opportunity to love these people or, you know, fill a need that they have and I don't or I don't want to because my heart's not there. You know, because I'm angry or irritated or I feel disrespected, I use that as a reason uh, to not show love to them. As a result, maybe those who are unsaved, you know, they don't see God's love reflected. Uh, maybe those who are saved, they might be bitter at me because I'm bitter at them and I'm just causing disunity. And as a result, I'm just not pleasing God. But I don't, I don't think I'm alone in this. You know, I struggle to think that I'm the only one who struggles with loving other people. Because the truth is, sometimes we love conditionally. You know, in order for people to love us, we say, they need to treat me right, or they need to be from the same political party as me. They need to believe what I believe. They need to not annoy me. Uh, they need to love me in order for me to love them. Or they need to keep gas prices, you know, affordable. <laughs> <laughs> but we need to realize that we love conditionally sometimes because we have to know that there is a way that God wants us to love. In fact, Jesus gives us the parable of the Good Samaritan to clarify that as people who love God, we need to be willing and ready to love anyone in any way and at any time. So this is your last chance if you haven't turned there already to Luke 10, 25 to 37. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he desiring to justify himself said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. So here we see in verses 25 through 29, the scene right before Jesus gives the parable. So Jesus is talking to a lawyer. Now, a lawyer was just somebody who studied uh, and knew the Old Testament law well. He's almost the equivalent of a Pharisee. Um, and the lawyer was trying to get smart with Jesus and this is how he responds. And in verse 25, we see that the lawyer tries testing Jesus. He asks, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? 
Now, this wasn't out of uh, genuine curiosity or respect for who Jesus was as a teacher. He was most likely just trying to lure him out with his words so he can trap him. And then in verse 26, we see Jesus answers how he usually answers with people like this. He answers with a question. He turns the question back onto the lawyer and says, because he knows the lawyer knows the answer, so he asks him what the law says. And then in 27, we see that the lawyer answers his own question. He references uh, Leviticus 19.18 and Deuteronomy 6.5, where it says, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus also echoes this in Matthew 22, 37 through 40. And he actually says that the rest of the law and the prophets depends on these two commands. So unsurprisingly, in 28, uh, Jesus agrees with him. He's like, yeah, good job, you got it. But in verse 29, the lawyer wanted to justify himself. He asked the question, who is my neighbor? Now, according to the commentary I used to work through this passage, uh, the lawyers and the Pharisees actually believed that their neighbors, in reference to this command, was only the righteous. They actually believed that the tax collectors, the Gentiles, and especially the Samaritans were to be hated. You know, they, they actually twisted scripture to support their stance on this. So the parable was given by Jesus to correct this misunderstanding that the lawyer had. Because the lawyer was already asking the wrong question. The Pharisee should have responded by admitting his shortcomings, his own failures. And sometimes I think we need to be willing to admit that we fall short sometimes too. But fortunately, Jesus illustrates how one should be loving. But before we get into the actual parable, we need to define some terms in order to get the full impact of it. So we need to define the three types of people that were talked about. We have a priest, we have a Levite, and we have a Samaritan. So a priest was simply just a mediator between uh, the Jews and God. Uh, the priest, like the lawyer, knew the law inside and out. They had all the head knowledge one could have about God and his will. The Levite was similar to the priest. He was generally a teacher of the Old Testament law, and they worked under the priest in the temple. Like the priest, the Levites knew the law well. They were well equipped with what God's will was. Now, on the other hand, we have a Samaritan. A Samaritan was a person who was half Jewish and half Gentile. And they were heavily discriminated among the Jews. They were actually hated. So to a Jews, a Samaritan was just was a half-breed who defiled the true religion. The Samaritans married in with pagans, and they only lived by the first five books of the Old Testament law and disregarded a lot of the poetry and prophecy. And they, they irritatingly claimed that they had the only original copy of the first five books. And when the Jews were trying to rebuild Jerusalem, they also gave them a lot of hardship uh, when they were trying to rebuild. So they were heavily discriminated. They were hated. The Jews and the Samaritans were enemies. Yet Jesus tells a parable of an enemy loving an enemy. So in verse 30, we see some of the context. You know, we see there's this man, and he just gets wrecked. He's, he's left to die on the road. 
Some robbers came through. He didn't wrestle in high school. He didn't do boxing or anything. He didn't even do push-ups when he got up in the morning. He just gets wrecked, flops. He didn't stand a chance. And then in verse 31, that's not even the problem. The problem is, is that he needs help. He desperately needs help. In fact, Jesus says he's lying there half dead. But the problem is, is he doesn't receive it. You know, a priest sees him and then walks the other way. And this problem continues in verse 32, when on top of a priest who was a man at the height of spiritual knowledge of what God's will was, a Levite also sees him and walks the other way. So the two people you think would help him out didn't. So he's humiliatingly lying there, stripped of his clothes, bruised and beaten. Seemingly this guy's got no hope. You know, the equivalent to his pastor, in a sense, didn't even help him. So who else do you think would help him? When finally, in verse 33, we see that a Samaritan helps him. A Samaritan. The dying dude was Jewish. And remember that Jews despised Samaritans. This Samaritan had no business helping the Jew. No one expected him to help him. In fact, he was expected to do what the priest and the Levite did. See him and walk the other way. And that's where Jesus illustrates that we should be willing to love anyone. You know, a Samaritan was hated by the dying Jew, still helped him. He illustrated that a Samaritan was closer to the kingdom of God than a priest. Showed that loving anyone meant loving your enemies too. You know, the Jew didn't respect the Samaritan. He didn't treat him well. The Jew hated him, and yet the Samaritan went out of his way to love him. In fact, in verse 33, it says that the Samaritan had pity on him. And that was already more than what the priest and the Levite did. He had compassion. But he didn't just stay there with compassion. And this is where Jesus illustrates how we should be willing to love in any way in verse 34. You know, the, the Samaritan loved his enemy using his own resources. It says he used his own oil and wine to clean and alleviate the wounds. He loved his enemy despite personal inconvenience. You know, when he put the man on his own animal, that meant now that he had to walk wherever they were going, which was probably not right down the road. And then the Samaritan loved his enemy through his money. You know, he paid for his night's stay. He also paid for the cost of care for the man before he had left and said he would pay it back when he came back. And that's where we see how Jesus illustrates how we should be loving at any time. The Samaritan loved his enemy through his time. You know, assuming he had to pay the innkeeper to take care of him meant he already had plans before helping this man. He wasn't just looking for people to help. He had a life too. Yet he took time out of his day to use his resources and to use his money to help a man who hated him. And then after the parable ends, Jesus refers back to um, the lawyer's original question, which was, who is my neighbor? And he, he asked him, who was a neighbor to the man in need? And in verse 37, we see that the lawyer painfully says, the one who showed him mercy. 
The lawyer knew that Jesus was telling him he needed to love the people he hated. The answer was to him, it was the one I despise, the one who despises me, or simply the Samaritan. Jesus was answering the heart problem. It shouldn't matter who it is, you need to love them. Like this Samaritan loved his enemy. Then the result we are left with is a command from Christ to do likewise. You know, be like this Samaritan. Ma- be like this model for unconditional love illustrated here. The purpose of the parable is to give an example of someone willing to love anyone in any way and at any time. Jesus gave this parable to correct the meaning of the word neighbor. It wasn't just the people you got along with. For the Pharisees, it meant, it meant that their neighbor was also the tax collector, the Gentiles, and the Samaritans, because the Samaritan was a neighbor to the Jew. And now Jesus is saying to the lawyer that you should be a neighbor to even the Samaritan. And I know we can't exactly be a good Samaritan, so to say. You know, there aren't social issues of Samaritans and Jews. But what we can do is we can be a good neighbor. We can love anyone in any way and at any time. In fact, you need to be loving anyone in any way and at any time. Because God has called you to a different standard. As we can see in Matthew 5, 46-48. You don't have to turn there, I'm just staying here briefly. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. So Jesus makes it clear that we ought to love more than just those who love us. Don't love just our own people. So I want to ask you, are you being selective in your love? Do you have conditions that need met before you can love a person? Do they have to be a certain person? I know sometimes for me it's easy to just love the people I'm close to, love the people I'm already friends with. Or maybe do they have to not be a certain person? Maybe you're thinking, I don't know if I can love them. Do they have to treat you right? Do they have to be kind to you, friends with you, hold the same beliefs as you? Do they have to respect you? Just because somebody doesn't respect you doesn't mean that's grounds for not loving them. Because, in fact, you need to love because of your testimony. If you want to reach your neighbor, then you need to love your neighbor. And, in fact, your neighbor is anyone. It's not just the people that you get along with. Because if you can't even love your own fellow Christians well, let alone other people who are non-believers, how do you differ from those who aren't even following God's standard? So think about what you say when you decide to not help someone in need. You need to love because God loves us. You know, despite humanity disobeying and rejecting and slandering God's name and disrespecting him, He still sent his son to atone for us. He still sacrificed his son for us. That's the ultimate example of unconditional love. We should want to follow that. 
Because I want to remind you that we're people who should be passionate about God's people, about all of God's created people, even the people that we don't get along with. We're people who should want to influence both the lost and the found. We desire to reach people. We desire to share with others what God's love looks like. We desire to love like God loves. But the truth is sometimes we'll get in our own way. You know, we'll meet people who dislike us. It's a shocker. And we'll dislike other people. But imagine if we all took this to heart. Imagine if we loved like the Good Samaritan. Imagine if we loved our neighbor. Imagine if we loved anyone in any way and at any time. Imagine if we loved unselectively through our resources, through our money, through our time, and despite personal inconvenience. If we did this, we can, we can show people that there is a God who loves them deeply because we're acting as living proof of that love. We could also live more peaceful lives with each other as Christians. And we could please God. So I, I challenge you today to go and do likewise, just as, the, just as Jesus challenged the lawyer. Go and do likewise. Go do as the Samaritan has done. Love anyone in any way and at any time. It's actually all I have. I know I'm a little short, but I, unless Pastor Doug has anything he'd like to say, I can pray. Everyone has their own style. What is Ridley? That's my dorm. Oh, that's your dorm. Mm -hmm. Does that mean if you lose this, they bring it to Ridley? Well, I doubt anybody here knows who Ridley is. So exactly. I don't, I don't know if they would give it. <laughs> Michael, you did well. Let's give the Lord a praise offering. An individual once asked a preacher, older preacher, how long is a sermon, how long should a sermon be? And the preacher commented by saying, well, if you have nothing to say, a half an hour is an eternity. But if you have something to say, a half an hour is enough. Michael, you did well. For your first time, you did well. I look forward to seeing the Lord develop you.